is back for 2018. The Football Sec Podcast for Russia. Welcome to another episode of a Football Sack podcast for Russia. It's not a great day to be an Australian fan, unfortunately. A uh, little more so if you're a Peru or Denmark fan, though. The mute mood in the studio is a bit somber, but we're hoping that it doesn't impact too much on the pod. I'm joined today by the man who wanted to start Mark Viduka up front last night, Jeremy Truong. It's a rainy day here in Perth, boys, and even the skies are crying for us. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, the mood... Hopefully we don't sound too distraught. We're going to try to be positive for the sake of the listeners. I'm also joined by a man who was initially ruled out of this podcast due to a failed drug test a la Paolo Guerrero until we wrote a letter to our producer to let him take part. It's Aaron Corlett. Very happy to be here, boys. A bit disappointed from last night, but we roll on. How was the, uh, the Peruvian tea, Aaron? Oh, the Peruvian tea is lovely. Thanks for providing that this morning, guys. It's really perked all, me up. We're all a bit peppy. Uh, we we kind of need it after last night's result. Obviously, uh, 2-0 loss, uh, a few talking points. Uh, a bit of a broad question to start, Aaron, but where did it go wrong? Up front. Um, we, just, we created chances, but we didn't convert. I thought Rogic was very good, particularly in the first half. Um, he, he probably could have laid the ball off to Juric, I thought, for a pretty clear chance. Uh, Cruz and Lecky combined a few times. Um, but overall, we just didn't create enough to deserve even a draw. Yeah, um, going forward, like it just shows throughout the whole tournament, you just need that killer finish. And we just lacked that. We just couldn't convert our, our shots. And, um, you know, many people were saying, start Tim Cahill. He's a proven goal scorer. But, I mean, at the end of the day, the team that went on as the 11 probably were going to be the first 11 picked before the tournament. Um, but, yeah, just couldn't finish uh, when it mattered. That was kind of the whole problem for us all tournament, wasn't it? And it just came back to bite us when the uh, when our future was on the line. We couldn't score. You know, we scored two penalties converted by Mille Yednak. Uh, both of them VAR assisted. So was the VAR our top scorer? Well, it's been over eight hours since we've scored uh, a goal in general play. I think our last five goals have been scored by Yednak from a you know dead ball or uh, penalty. So you know, where was VAR when we needed it, boys? Yeah. <laughs> we did. We did score a couple in open play in the pre-tournament friendlies. But I think going yeah, back, competitive, yeah, yeah, going back, you know, the, the qualifiers against Honduras. You know, we had the same problem. Against Syria as well, we relied on Tim Cahill to bail us out. And he was never, having only played just over 60 minutes of football since uh, December, he was never going to be the guy to bail us out again as much as I think a lot of people wanted it. It was just just disappointing. You know, we we created a few chances. We didn't really create too many clear-cut chances. And then when we did, I thought the Peruvian defenders were pretty heroic. Uh, they, they bailed their team out more than a few times. Going forward, Aaron, I mean, how, how do we score from here? You know, I don't think there's kind of not a lot going fo- forward in the mm. future. You know, we can kind of look for, to and say, well, mate, he's promising, you know. We need to find a striker. I'm not sure who that is. If it's McLaren can continue his rise. I think he's done pretty well in Scotland. Um, I think there's goals in Arzani going forward. Um, it's question marks about where he's going to go, if he's going to play in the A-League next season or if he's going to go to Europe. Um, 
but we need to find someone that can consistently find the back of the net. Jez, you're the stats man on the pod. I'm going to throw a stat at you. Go on, fire. Zero minutes. That is the collective combined total playtime for two Socceroos players who I personally believe should have played a lot more. Who do you think those players are? McLaren, my boy. Uh, and Luongo, I reckon. Yep, yeah. Massimo Luongo and yeah. Jamie McLaren. Do you think they should have played more of a, more of a part in this tournament? Well, Luongo, you can play either role in the midfield. You can either put him back. You know, he was jostling with uh, Yednak in the um, you know lead up to the tournament to play that um, you know that number six, or you can play him pretty much where Rogic was playing. But uh, old mate Bert decided that Jackson Irvine was the um, you know the box to box player that we needed. Um, I reckon you know going into the last game, maybe he could have thrown something different up with with Luongo. So it would have been nice to see him um, start definitely. Can Rogic ever play 90 minutes? It's it's frustrating that you get to 60, 70 minutes and he's always coming off. Is it fitness? I, I'm just a bit baffled by it. He t- tends to go missing, doesn't he? Like, um, you know, yeah. I think we see it that he's so brilliant you know, in patches, but he just can't string a full 90 minute um, you know, performance together, especially on the international stage. I do tend to wonder, is that maybe just for coaches that we've had him the tactics that we've had, we just haven't been able to get him into the game enough? You know, I thought that uh, Trent Sainsbury actually, against France, Trent Sainsbury did a better job of bringing Rogic into the game uh, than Moy and Yedinak did. And I thought Rogic was pretty good against Denmark when he, we did find him in midfield a bit more. And he, he started well and then kind of went missing a bit and... It, it's, it is frustrating to watch because he's such a talented player and I know we're all big fans of him. But I, I, I don't know whether it's maybe him just going off a boil or whether the team as a collective is not getting him involved enough. Uh, and do you think Mas Longo maybe would have helped that? Possibly. He was the best player at the Asian Cup and he's played very well at QPR. He's probably worth a couple of minutes, you know, a cameo off the bench perhaps against France or Denmark or even last night. I think when, when we're chasing the game, maybe a change in midfield could have helped. You know, it was very hot in, in Sochi. Yeah. And the, and a change in midfield might have, you know, turned the tide a bit. Yeah, especially Yednak, so I think he was tiring towards he, the end of he the gave, game. He was yeah. arguably uh, a culprit for the second goal as well. He kind of stood by and watched it happen. Oh, see, I reckon a couple of lucky deflections, though. Like, you know, yeah, little slight but, touches. True, but I yeah. don't think it should have got to that situation in the first place. I mean, we can talk about... Obviously, we have had a bit of luck go against us, obviously, with two deflected goals, arguably, and Pruitt scored with their two uh, shots on target. But, you know, I think... I don't I don't think we can really sit back and be like, well, we were unlucky, because truth is, the whole tournament, we didn't create enough. Mm. And uh, I don't think we can have any complaints about going out. It was a bit of a weird feeling, though, because I felt after the France game and after the Denmark game, I was incredibly proud of the players' efforts. <laughs> and I was... I wasn't unproud of how we played yesterday but I just felt so flat after I don't know if you guys felt the same but I was just kind of felt like it just petered out didn't it 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 was a game where we had to bring something to it you know where we had to chase it you know we had to really try and get that win and not to win you know we we were just hoping for a miracle 
and nothing went away last night. If only we'd had a manager who would who was always instructing his players to chase the game. If only we'd had one of those in the last 12 months or so. <laughs> Where do you uh, go? Ange, we miss you. Please come back. <laughs> do we think Ange would have done a better job at this World Cup? I think, I think there were a lot of criticisms over his 3-2-4, his bonkers 3-2-4-1 formation. <laughs> but I think another seven months under him in the lead up to World Cup, I think we would have improved, you know. Um, obviously... There is a good question. Did we have the cattle to play that formation? Personally, I actually thought we were quite... Under Edge, I think another seven months, we would have maybe ironed out a few more of the kinks. We would have attacked mm-hmm. against France, maybe uh, gone... Maybe... Because uh, I felt against France, we didn't really attack enough. Sat uh, we, back. Yeah, we sat counter. back. Yeah. And, oh, we, you know, we did, we did... We did play... We did, can hold our heads high after that French... Uh, game but I, th- I feel and maybe if under Ange we would have lost by a few more goals you know maybe France would have exploited us more in the counter attack where they didn't really have a chance to do that in the opening game against Denmark we did attack the final half an hour and were arguably the better team in that game but yesterday I felt we should you know we started brightly but it, we kind of fizzled out and I feel like under Ange you know we would have been more under see under Bert we played so defensively Whereas under Ange, his focus was always attack, attack, attack. And I think if you're already in that mindset, I think that maybe would have helped us against Peru. I don't know how you guys feel. See, I'm going to defend our boy Lambertus. Well, he's no no longer our boy anymore. I thought the tactics were fine. I I think, as you say, we, we don't have the cattle to really play an expansive and attacking type of football and the players he played and the system he played, I think, was was fine. If we had a bit more luck, perhaps, you know, we could have got a result out of, you know, a better result out of the France and Denmark games and not put ourselves under so much pressure in the Peru game. But I thought his tactics were fine, to be honest. I mean, in an ideal world, Ange wouldn't have left. Um, he came in in the last World Cup, sort of had a free range to do whatever. There was no expectation mm-hmm. And then in the lead-up, you know, we saw Ange's style, the game plan that he had at Brisbane Raw and also Melbourne Victory, um, that passing quick football, that attractive football. Um, and then for him just to leave, you know, what, seven months out before the World Cup, Bert came in and was just given one instruction, get us to the next group. And then, you know, he took each game on its own merit. And I think that sort of might have hindered as well. You know, he sat back against France. We needed probably a result or better, a win against Denmark, um, you know, to leave the um, fate in France's hands almost for us to get through in that last game. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, what do you say? For me, I've, you know, I, I know I've mentioned him already, but the absence of uh, Luongo and McLaren for me baffles. You know, McLaren was probably the form striker in Australia going into the tournament, the form Australian striker rather, uh, coming off the back of a great second half of the season in the Scottish Premier League. Uh, he's left out of the initial squad, eventually gets the call up, and then he doesn't get used. And I felt that game yesterday, he's a he's a poacher, he's got he's really clever with his movement. I feel he would have offered more than Juric when we needed to win. He would have stretched uh, Peru's defence a bit more, whereas Juric is really that back-to-the-wall striker. He'll drop deep, he'll hold it up, but he's not going to 
stretch from he's not going to get in behind enemy lines like McLaren would have. And Luongo, Luongo actually, uh, Luongo actually said to QPR that he needed a rest before the World Cup. He actually stepped away from the team and said, look, World Cup's coming up. I've had a really long, busy season with you guys. And the club agreed, gave him a rest for the final few matches. And then he comes in, plays oh, he plays all right in the games against the Czech Republic and the Hungary. And then he gets zero minutes of action. And I, I feel for him because it's his second World Cup in a row where he is not featured at all. And I think he's a really talented player. I thought he really could have brought something to the table. And Jackson Irvine, I really like Jackson Irvine. This isn't a shot at Jackson Irvine. Or, and it's not, but I think Bert's substitutions raised the eyebrow a bit, especially against Denmark when we did need a win, as you guys say. And he brought on Irvine and Juric, who are, who are very conservative players. And I'm a big fan of Irvine, so it's not a knock on him. I just thought he was kind of ill-suited to that game. He didn't play too badly, but he wasn't... We needed Luongo, you know, who is someone who is just a very smooth operator, someone who will carry the ball forward, who's a forward-thinking player. Whereas Irvine, for me, is very energetic. I don't I don't know how you guys saw it in regards to his substitutions. I, I thought that was the one area where you can really criticise Burke because I just think... I think tactically he was all right. Um, agree to disagree, but substitutes, I think, against Denmark and to a lesser extent against Peru, he got it really wrong. It's the game against Denmark that kills us. I think he should have allowed Azani more time in that Denmark game to create something. When he came on, he looked like the player most likely to and create. And he did, he did look good last night as well when he came on. He did, and he, he was given, I think it was much more time in last night's About game. About 35 minutes last night, I think. And he, and he showed that you know he is, I guess, in the attacking sense, the future of the Socceroos, really. I don't think any other players kind of shown the form, you know, he would you, has. Would you boys have started him then? Well, I wouldn't have, no. no. I mean, he can't even play out a game at Melbourne City. So, I mean... I, call, I called for it. Yeah. I wanted yeah. it last yeah. pod. Um, Aaron waved his fist. I, he was... Give me Azani. <laughs> Give me Azani for 60 minutes. I wanted us to go on the front foot. I felt like we did in, in last night's game. We weren't able to, to finish... But I wonder if Azani had started last night's game, could we have snatched a goal in the first 20 minutes? And, and then, then changed the complexion of the game. Yeah. It felt like the whole tournament were always chasing, 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 chasing. Even last night, we were maybe unlucky and we you know, really, with that first yeah. goal. Was it offside? Uh, it looked marginal. It's, I mean, VAR is for obvious errors, isn't it? But I, don't, I didn't think that was an obvious error. Maybe there's a finger out of line i was i was perfectly happy with that standing with the first goal standing if it's my uh, green and gold colored glasses <laughs> that totally yeah. aaron actually does have glasses they're not green and gold though unfortunately yeah i had you, to i had to clean them last night you know they I've, seem to be peruvian red and white right now uh, <laughs> jumping on the bandwagon yeah or is uh, that danish red and white rather considering they are actually through well i, I hope denmark go out in the round of 16 oh they <laughs> I, I completely agree. I mean, I have nothing against the great people of Denmark, but I truly hope Croatia beats them 4-0. I'm but, sure Louis feels the same. Yeah. Uh, if you are wondering, Louis has passed out from delight over Croatia's 2-1 win over Iceland, which is why he's not joining us today. Um, having said that, boys, a lot of the guys that played in this World Cup, they're still quite young. They're still you know in their mid-20s. I think the nucleus of the 
um, the squad will still be there at the next World Cup. You only have a handful of guys who won't be there. You know, Brad Jones won't be there, obviously. Mila Yednak's probably not going to be there. Milligan won't be there. Of course, Tim Cahill won't be. I would probably say Tim Cahill won't be there, well, but if you, safe, safe I <laughs> didn't think he'd be at this one uh, four years ago. So you never know. Do we think he's going to be at the Asian Cup? I, I hear FFA mm. are trying to talk him into continuing on, continuing on and playing, but maybe it's ridiculous for him to yeah, play in a tournament. If if he can get some minutes under his belt, maybe you know if he's just playing as a striker these days rather than you know, an advanced midfield. Maybe, but I mean, looking forward, you got to plan for the next World Cup, don't you? So, um, and all our plans are Azani. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> buy, buy up all the stock in Daniel Azani Corporation. Uh, and we, I mean, I think Cahill will be there at the Asian Cup. Uh, we all know Graham Arnold loves a battering ram up top, which is why I'm not exactly looking forward to the imminent return of Matt Simon to the national team. There fold. it is. <laughs> This is Australia, you dog. <laughs> um, what did we think of Cahill's, um, you know, he was given obviously plenty of time to try and create, you know, try and score a winner. I thought he, he got close to some balls. There was a ball He didn't over really from do Bage. much, did he? he I, I found it humorous at the corners, him like hugging one of yeah, the Australian yeah. players <laughs> and like... Just using him as a shield. I'm just like, so <laughs> thankful to be here. Hashtag legacy. <laughs> I did want to ask this question, boys. Uh, do you, you know? I know we've played all right at this tournament, to, but are we any good? Are we just a ba- are we a bad football team, or uh, who you know were shown up on the biggest stage when it when it mattered, or did we do the best? Did we do the best with the you know what we have? I think we're average. I think we're bang on average. We're good enough to qualify for a World Cup. Mid-table mediocrity. That's where we are. Um, It's one point from two World Cups. Haven't won a World Cup game in eight years. Haven't got close to qualifying for the next, you know, for the round of 16 in a long, long time. We're average. Truth be told, though, the groups that we get drawn into, they're, they're not exactly... Yeah, know. but I feel like every group of the World Cup is tough, and I think it's got to a point now where we can blame the group or we can say, look, we get, we're going to get... Just assume we're going to get a tough group and plan for just it. Just deal with it. Yeah. We're always going to be the you know the lowest seed in every group. I don't think there's a group at this World Cup where you know we'd say, yes, we want to be there. Maybe group the a. Belgium... Yeah, uh, England group, you yeah. know, if we could have upset England. Group A, I think we would have got through in Group A. I wasn't impressed by really any of the teams until Uruguay completely uh, demolished Russia. I guess those PEDs uh, wore off. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. You know, uh, un- Uncle Vladimir is... Uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how Russia do go in the second round and if uh, Uncle Putin has any sa- bearing on their results going forward. There were, of course, other games going on uh, not involving Australia. We Wait, said good- there were other games? Yeah. <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently, I've, I've heard a rumour. I heard the World Cup's over, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, we're, no we're, yeah, this is our last, last pod. We're definitely, you know, we don't care what happens from here. Uh, no, we did say goodbye to Egypt and Saudi Arabia, fittingly in one of the worst games of the tournament. Good riddance, I say. 
Uruguay knocked off Russia, as we just mentioned. Uh, we also saw two wild finishes in Group B as Iran and Morocco exited with their heads held high after valiant draws with Portugal and Spain. Uh, biggest news occurred overnight. Croatia beat Iceland 2-1 and then a late Marco Rojo, Rojo. 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 Mark Rojo goal as Argentina avoided elimination to join Croatia. I'm quite sad by that. I had a big rant uh, celebrating Argentina's timely demise. I won't be able to use it now. They're basically a zombie team back from the dead. That was a cracking goal by Messi, though, wasn't it? The, on the right foot? On his unfavoured right foot. That was... You know, we've talked about will Messi drag Argentina... Can he drag Argentina to the next level? And he... That goal was a brilliant kind of F you to the haters, wasn't it? Oh, even Maradona after the game as well. He, he went was, to hospital. Yeah, yeah. I was celebrating too hard. You need to calm down, Maradona. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> too many nose beers. <laughs> uh, and in all seriousness, Diego, we do hope you are. We wish Diego a speedy recovery. If he's listening, I don't think that's the case, but you never know. But going into the next game, though, they play France. You know, that's probably the one team that they would try to avoid pre, pre-tournament. pre But now, because of their slow start, um, you know, they're going to have a bit of a monster game. That's a big, big game now. I think both teams have underachieved. I know France finished top, but they didn't really dominate the group, as, as you would have thought. Um, so I think Messi and Co will give themselves a chance. Yeah, you know, I think, as you say, France haven't really hit their straps in this tournament. Maybe they will hit their straps in uh, the knockout phase. But Argentina, I I didn't give them much chance at this World Cup. I was I would not have been surprised if Nigeria beat them or drew with them yesterday. And they were bailed out in the, by a centre-back in the end. That finish wasn't from a centre-back, though. That was, that was a striker's finish. <laughs> striker's finish from a centre-back. Anyone who's watched Marco Rojo Ro, Rojo sorry before will be amazed that he had that in his locker oh no boys I'm a Manchester United fan oh, he does and, okay and um, look sometimes he does think he's uh, you know a striker even though yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with his runs and his you know finishes but you know clinical finish from him um, they needed it fair to say yeah do you think Croatia having finished top of group D will really go on and do some damage in this tournament. Been very, very impressive. Um, played Denmark in the round of 16. They as will said. smash Denmark. I Who, hope. Denmark I, were outplayed in all three of their games and still uh, were unbeaten in all of them So and went through. So I think Croatia will go to town on them. And then if they do advance, they play either Spain or Russia. They'll be, you know... They'll, They'll look at that fixture and they'll go, we can definitely go deep into the tournament now. I feel like a lot of the teams so far in the World Cup have, you know, the big teams have underperformed. I don't think there's a real standout so far. And if Croatia can continue their form, then, I, you know, they could get the semis, you know, and then we'll see what happens from there. How do you view Spain and Portugal's chances as well, Jeremy? Because I thought Spain were brilliant against Portugal and then kind of just meandered to uh, a win and a draw in their remaining games. Well, Portugal was sort of almost lucky that they got through. They were very lucky. Yeah, if, if Iran had won, 
Portugal wouldn't, you know, after their first game, their three-all draw against Spain, they wouldn't. They uh, may yeah. as well just rename the capital of Portugal Ronaldo. Cristiano. Yeah, <laughs> um, he is the the heart. I mean, he's the only thing apart from Rui Patricio in that team, which is threatening for me. I just don't see Portugal doing any damage because they're just too reliant on Ronaldo, as amazing a player as he is. Like, but. I did say that at the Euros and then they won with Ren- uh, even after Ronaldo got injured in the final. So I don't know what to, I, I don't know what to make of Portugal. They just frustrate me at every tournament because they're so built around the genius of one player that they they always do well, but despite the rest of the team being quite rubbish for mine. I think you're right. We can't rule them out, especially with Ronaldo. We had this we had this debate on the previous pod. Can Ronaldo drag them, you know, all the way through the tournament? I don't I don't know yet. I don't know if he can do it. But we'll see what happens. They do come against Uruguay who have been pretty good this tournament though. Um, you know, we saw Suarez is in good form. Um, you know, it's gonna to be tough for them, but yeah. They're, they're, and then if they do get through, they play either France or Argentina. It's uh, it's gonna be a tough road for them. Will you guys miss any of the teams knocked out? I thought Morocco were quite good in spades. Uh, I mean, obviously we'll miss Australia. <laughs> will, 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 will we? we Australia? <laughs> I, I don't know. I th- I think I'm going to enjoy the I'll rest of the, the tournament. I'll fans as well. They yeah. Yeah. I think I'll enjoy the rest of the tournament, not really having a team that's close to my heart. It's a bit of a weight off the shoulders, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, as you say, Morocco were an excellent team who were perhaps unlucky. Uh, we talked about the own goal in the first game against Iran. Were perhaps unlucky against Portugal. Left the goat unmarked out of the corner. Paid the full price. You've got to tie up your goats. <laughs> um, and I thought they played some lovely football during the tournament. Um, there's lots of teams like that, though, who you know play lovely football, don't take their chances... And now we're going home. That's life. And a big shout out to Iceland as well. Um, you know, going into the Euros, they had no pressure on them, and you saw them have this magical run. Um, and yeah, I think probably a little bit too much expectation was placed on them this tournament. Um, they walked away with just one point. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, punching above their weight, these you know mm. f- these guys from this tiny nation. I'm I'm sick of Iceland to be oh. honest. <laughs> oh, oh, this is controversial. I'm, I'm over them. Uh they've, they've got some results, but have they really played football that we can enjoy? Not really. I enjoyed when I think they England, almost beat Argentina. <laughs> I think England fans will be happy to see them out of the tournament. I don't really count myself as an England fan, but yeah, they don't really bring that much to the table. They bring you know, the they're Viking bringing a clap. Oh, I'm going to miss that Viking clap. Have they give that to the Russian girls as well? or? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jesus. Burger King might want to hear about this. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest talking points of a tournament has been the ominous figure of VAR looming behind every penalty and goal like a technological Jack the Ripper. In spite of pre-tournament criticism, I actually think it's been quite effective. How would you boys rate VAR or VAR so far? I'm going to disagree. Ooh, go on, go on. Uh, Okay, VAR was brought in to remove all talking points. And here we are talking Talking about about VAR. In that sense, it's failed. Um, 
I don't mind the idea of, you know, trying to, you know, correct some decisions, but it's so gray. You know, what what is a clear and obvious error? I still think we're no nearer to working that out. Uh, the clear and obvious decisions, I think, was the you know, the words that they wanted to, you know, to eliminate. Um, uh, I would like to see it in there, you know, moving forward, you know, because there's some obvious, you know, free kicks or penalties that the refs always miss out on. Um, and going forward, I think you just need that in there. And, you know, get get rid of those grey areas will be fine. But yeah, you know, sometimes leave it. You know, those quick decisions that whenever they show replays on TV, that oh, that was clearly a handball or that was clearly a, a red card offence um, that you know the ref might have missed. But yeah, leave it in there. I say. I loved it in the Brazil Costa Rica game though. Neymar, Neymar's flop, his dive, whatever you want to call it. I thought that the was the right... The wind changed direction and knocked him <laughs> over. It was like he slipped on a banana skin, wasn't it? It was like playing Mario Kart. You know, <laughs> you just, yeah, you're going and, along and, the and banana. then banana One comes out. One of the out. Costa Ricans flew a... Yeah, I'd, yeah I, I think it's been used quite well. I'm sorry to disagree with you, Aaron. I think it was... I've, it's been used quite well. There have been a few issues of it getting it wrong you know the Griezmann incident in the Socceroos game was a bit of a you know 50-50 call Harry Kane's non-penalties against Tunisia where he was being rugby tackled by uh, Tunisia I didn't know they played rugby in North Africa but apparently that's a game they play there now yeah (laughs) introduced after the World Cup I think it's been used quite well I think the large vast majority of calls it's made have been the correct one and there have been obvious errors that the referee has missed uh i think it's been used quite well though i do think it's cleaned up most of the issues i think you've seen at corners that you know the, the referee saying you know we've got my eyes on you we've got these cameras <laughs> eyes like on you big brother isn't it yeah i feel like if or i was maybe a player, that's just russia i don't know <laughs> I'd, i feel like i've been watched everything i do you know i would be worried about picking my nose you know on <laughs> on the field you know <laughs> you pick your nose on the field <laughs> well, you know it gets a bit clogged up sometimes um but when you say that though i mean you, how many cameras are there around the ground what 12 15 20 cameras around the ground when you flop like Neymar did how are you going to get away with something and like ronaldo that? as well ronaldo yeah. against uh was it Ah, uh, Morocco, you know, where he did, he kind of almost cheekily asked for their uh, yeah. flop. <laughs> I, I would have liked to see him booked for that, just I, quietly. I enjoyed the um, the Moroccan winger Amrabat, you know, him, you know, sit, doing the VAR Amrabat. single. Amrabat, man. And then saying, bullshit. <laughs> I think he summed up the feelings of a lot of fans. I believe that was for an, like, he was saying it was bullshit because of an off, correct offside call. Just because it's correct doesn't mean it's, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. Whatever. Uh, Moving forward, uh, there's a few juicy group ties over the next few days, uh, which could decide the fate. I'm particularly looking forward to the Germany-Korea game uh, because every team in that group, Sweden and Mexico, all all of them are still alive. I think Mexico are pretty much assured, although they still, still could go out. What are you boys looking forward to? Yeah, also fought in, in that group, um, Mexico and Sweden. If Sweden can win and win big enough and then hopefully you know, get a, a result in the other game, um, they could go through Sweden. So let's just see you know, how many goals that they can get past Mexico. 
Mexico have been, you know, a pretty good team. They've been really yeah, good. Yeah, very I've impressive. Loved watching Mexico. I have uh, bought myself a Mexican top. Oh, really? Joining the bandwagon. Is that why you've got tequila there? It is. <laughs> um, I mean, I was going to say it was a bit early for that. Uh, it's never too early. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, it, it's just a case of how many Sweden can put past you know, um, Mexico. So that should be a really entertaining game. I'm going to go Senegal versus Colombia. I'm wondering if the uh, Senegalese, if they can happy dance their way through to the next round. Uh, Have you boys seen the uh, the vision of their players? It's truly spectacular. It's fantastic. Um, Colombia were maybe unlucky against Japan, you know, having a man sent off so early. Japan can still go through as well, which I don't think they would have thought would be the case at this point. Yeah, they're top top of the group at the moment. Yeah, top of the group. So, you know, the winner of this really can book themselves a place in the next round. Loser will probably go out. So I think it's a big, big game. That's a re- It's a really enticing group, isn't it? It's three decent teams fighting for two spots, as there is in Group F, where there's four... Well, I'm not... Actually, there's three decent teams, but all four of them are live. I'm not giving South Korea any credit. They are terrible. I don't think... I, I can see Aaron taking offence to that right now. Well, we're talking about three decent teams in, in Colombia and Japan's group. That team that's not decent is one of my teams, Poland. Um, so I do take offence to that and the South Korea comment as well. Although <laughs> I do agree that the Koreans have shown nothing at this World Cup. They're so bad. They're, they Against Mexico, I was expecting them to come out quite enterprisingly. They ended up just kicking lumps out for Mexican players. It was really... Sad, like, to see the superior team just get hacked to pieces by a team I thought would be above that. And I've, I hope, I would, for, I'd lo- for a bit of Schadenfreude, I'd love to see Germany go out, but I also would love to see them put six past Korea, and you can quote me on that. You know, <laughs> are you trying to ruin my night, Ben? Yes, I am. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's nearly 8.30 in the morning, so I'm not sure how well, I'm going to ruin you know, the night. The game's at, the game's at night. I, I don't know. Um, I wanted to dig into Korea a bit more but okay you have you know you can have some more free hits at Korea you know I'll just be in the corner here crying <laughs> as the goals go in I'm gonna I'm actually gonna t- every time Germany score I'm actually gonna message Aaron Next would you buy him around every time I'll buy him a drink every time <laughs> every okay yeah for every goal that Germany score against Korea I will buy Aaron a drink that's on the records that's on the record I love getting lit but you know, this might mean alcohol poisoning or <laughs> waking up in the gutter tomorrow morning. Um, waking up, <laughs> waking up in Seoul with a hangover and a Korean, a torn Korean shirt. What the hell happened last night? It was just another Korean game. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie! And that is all she wrote for this episode. Uh, just like the Socceroos World Cup campaign, really. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean. Despite the Socceroos exit, we will be continuing throughout the World Cup. So please continue to uh, continue to subscribe on iTunes. Give us a rating, please. We'll be back on Saturday to wrap up the final group games and preview the round of 16. Thanks for joining us. It's goodbye from everyone else in the studio. Go See well, you. boys. See you guys. And good luck to Germany against Korea tonight. That's all. Thanks. Thanks.